Hello, my name is Thatcher, and you're listening to Rethink Motivation, a podcast where we talk to successful entrepreneurs about breaking through the struggles of starting a business and living a life that matters. Today, we have an awesome guest on the show, Neil Patel. Neil is the co-founder of Crazy Egg, Hello Bar, and Kissmetrics, and has worked with companies like Amazon, NBC, GM, HP, and Viacom. He was recognized as one of the top 100 entrepreneurs under 30 by President Obama and has been awarded congressional recognition from the U.S. House of Representatives. He's a super busy guy, so I'm really happy to have gotten some time with him to chat about his journey and what got him to where he is today. So without wasting any more time, let's dive right into the interview. Neil, welcome to the show, and thank you so much for being with us today. No worries. Thanks for having me. Yeah, my pleasure. I think this is going to be a lot of fun, and I'm excited. But before we dive into the conversation, could you just tell us, in your own words, who is Neil Patel? Neil Patel is just a serial entrepreneur, just an average Joe. I like eating normal food, like California Pizza Kitchen, and I love enjoying spending time with friends and family and, you know, when I'm not doing that, I love helping other people by like creating companies and products and services that help other businesses grow. Yeah, I love how you describe yourself as kind of this normal everyday guy in your personal life. Uh, but, you know, in your business life, you're definitely an exception rather than rather than the rule. And I'd love to dive into why that is. So what's the first thing that comes to your mind when you when you think of why you found so much success while a lot of people haven't had that same success? Why have you been successful? So I did a lot of mistakes, right? But the thing with me is I ended up starting so early in my career, right, that I had time to learn from and I kept going and I kept avoiding making the same mistakes over and over again. So it's like that's the key with entrepreneurship. What really makes me different is compared to most entrepreneurs who fail is I kept at it and I learned from my mistakes. That's really it. Like most people forget to learn from their mistakes. Do you think it's necessary to actually go through those mistakes yourself? Or is it is it okay to just kind of learn from other people's cautionary tales? Well, I don't think you need to go through them firsthand. Whether you learn from yourself or for other people, I think it's good. Okay, so of all those mistakes that you made along the road, what was the biggest mistake you made? I invested a million bucks into a cloud hosting company before there was cloud hosting. The idea was great. As you know, it's a multi-billion dollar segment now. Bad people, poor execution my fault for getting into a business that I had no clue about and I wasn't passionate about. Do you think it's necessary to actually be passionate about uh, an industry to invest in it? I do. It's like it, you, there's no point in investing in something that you're not really passionate about or else you'll just be wasting time and money. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Um, but I think maybe there's there's a balance between following your passion and kind of recognizing a business opportunity and, and banking on it. What do you think the, the breakdown is there? How much, how much do you need passion and how much do you need a business opportunity that you can seize? How do you kind of view business opportunities? What's your, what's your uh, calculation for deciding whether or not to go in? Yeah, so here's the way I look at business, right? Number one, you need to solve a problem. Number two, your solution has to be a solution to a problem that's like big enough, right? Number three, your solution has to be easy to use. Number four, ideally, it should be affordable. And number five, you should be passionate about the problem you're solving. Okay, yeah, I like that distinction, that you should be passionate about the problem. And 
you know, even if the business is kind of grunt work in the beginning, as long as the the overarching problem is something you have a passion for, then that'll kind of drive you. Cool. Have you ever started a business that you were not passionate about? Once I'm not passionate about, I tend not to have anymore. But the ones I have, I'm very passionate about. Gotcha. So what about Kiss Metrics, just to use as an example? What about Kiss Metrics taps into your passion? So with Kiss Metrics, as a business owner, especially in the software space, because I love creating software companies, I didn't know how to analyze the lifetime value of my customer or look at it or you know, think about the data and, and ways to use it to leverage and grow the business and provide users a better experience. And that's why we created Kiss Metrics, right? We're just trying to build better products to help ourselves and other entrepreneurs create better businesses. So that was an example where you kind of had your own problem and then figured, why not build out a company around this problem because other people probably have it too. Yes, but more so we actually made sure other people had the same pain point before we started. Yeah, okay, that's a, that's a really good point actually. You probably don't want to start a company unless you've, you've uh, done the research to confirm that it's actually a problem for other people. So, Neil, I'm curious, what are you telling yourself before you enter a high-pressure situation? What's kind of going through your mind before you step into an important meeting or you're going to make a big deal? What what goes through your head? Nothing. I'm used to it so often now, like, you know, I don't really have to talk to myself. I battled the FTC for like almost a year, right? Like after a while, you get used to high-pressure situations. I think that's what makes me a pretty good entrepreneur. I'm able to handle high levels of stress more than anyone else. Would you say that's your biggest strength or is that is that kind of the one thing that sets you apart from others? From most, yes. I don't break down. I don't cry. I don't get depressed. I'm just like a workhorse and I just my body's able to handle a lot of stress. I may not be able to best fighter, right? If someone hits me, I'll probably get knocked out in one hit. But I can handle large volumes of stress. Is that something you've always had or did you kind of develop that over time? Uh, you end up developing it over time. I've had so much bad stuff happen to me in business and personal life, right? That you like, you just get pretty good at it. So it sounds like some of the the basic principles and guidelines and and you know learning to avoid mistakes you can get from books and from other entrepreneurs and all that stuff. But actually learning how to resist stress and hardship kind of comes just with time, and you can't really force that. So Neil, if you were going to grow a business starting today from ground zero with very little resources, what would you do? What would be your first steps? So I would use content marketing. It's how I've grown all my businesses. Uh, If you can create really good information that educates others, you get people to want to read about your brand, you, et cetera, right? Uh, And then the other strategy I would use is SEO. It works really well. I know people are saying Google's dead, but it really isn't. And then the last strategy I would use is paid acquisition. A lot of people think it's not useful, but look at how many companies like Google and Microsoft and Yahoo make their money from paid advertising, right? It works. All these businesses wouldn't be spending money if it didn't. Awesome. Could you go a little more in depth about paid acquisition? Yeah. So people look at paid advertising and they're just like, hey, it's not going to work. It's expensive and alarm costs keep going up. And yeah, to some extent. But businesses spend money, typically most of them, only if they're making money, like a return. So you're not going to see Google make $20 billion in paid advertising revenue. I'm making up the number, but I'm assuming it's well into the billions, right? I don't know the exact number. If companies weren't actually producing a positive ROI. Okay, cool. Uh, And does this strategy work for any business model? It does. B2C and B2B. It works for both. It works for almost everything. There's always caveats, right? Like 
if you're a business that just makes money from government contracts, content marketing doesn't work. You can't talk about what you're doing. Yeah, that's definitely not the best time to use content marketing. Um, but yeah, for most people listening, you know, if you're trying to sell a product or build a personal brand or you're offering a service, or you're a freelancer, content marketing will definitely help uh, get you started. So one of the goals of this podcast is to kind of shed some light on what motivates people who have found success, uh, what, what motivates them today and what motivated them to take those first steps and really start pushing towards big goals. So Neil, what is it that motivates you and what are kind of the driving forces that have pushed you to get where you are today? I'm an immigrant. I came from nothing. I had no choice. <laughs> it wasn't like, uh, it's just worth it. It's built into you, right? When you're an immigrant and you come to America and your parents have to save money to go to Taco Bell, right? Like that stuff never leaves you. I still have a fear of going broke and I'm not the richest person in the world, but I probably should never have to worry from about money again. You know what I mean? Like if, if I look at how much how my business is and my salary each and every year or month or whatever you want to look at it based on. But still, I still have the fear that I'm going to go broke and there's going to be a ton of rainy days. Like, as an immigrant, that mentality just never leaves you. Or it hasn't left me, at least. Do you think that feeling ever will leave you? Probably not. But if I have kids, I don't think they're going to have the same mentality and they'll probably be spoiled, which means if I have kids, I'm going to donate all my money away. <laughs> so that way it'll work. That's, that's a good strategy. Nice. Well, I, I don't think anyone deserve, needs a lot of money. Right. And like, if you make it on your own, great. If you inherit it because someone wanted to give it to you, that's fine. I'm not, I'm not going to judge. Right. If my parents had money to give me, my life would have been easier. I would take it. But on the flip side, if I ever have kids, I don't believe they need money. Like, will I pay for their education? Yes. Will I make sure they have a roof on their head, a basic roof on their head? Yes. Right. Assuming they're not like just doing drugs and being an unproductive unit of society. But I really believe all the money I make should be used for a better cause in the world, right? Like, can I help other kids like in Africa or India go to school because they can't afford it or whatever it may be or provide them food or clean water, like basic necessities that we take for granted, right? So it's like, I believe people don't need that much money to be happy and too much money is, you know, not really necessary at all and it actually causes more problems than it solves. So what kind of problems has has having these companies and being successful, what kind of problems has that created for you? I get sued more. I get sued a lot. You get sued, you get audited more, you have more coworkers, you know, like to make sure everyone's doing, because like for me, coworkers like family members. I don't look at them as employees. They have equal say. Um, everyone has equity in the business, right? Like if they think something's better for the business, then we should do it if they really believe in it and they have data to back it up, right? But it just creates life problems like you do a different problems I don't have to worry about food on the table or anything like that but I know I'm gonna get sued all the time right so I may have to spend like six months out of a year in mediation or whatever it may be but it's just other silly problems are my problems harder than other people's no it's just different types of problems gotcha yeah that's a interesting way of thinking about it your problems don't go away with money they just kind of take on a new life they change uh, you're not worried about basic necessities or anything like that, like you said, but you start to get these other problems that the average Joe will probably never see in his or her life. Like I'm probably never going to get sued, <laughs> but for you, that might be a common issue. That's, that's interesting. Cool. So Neil, what is the smallest thing that people can implement into their everyday life to make the biggest impact? The smallest thing people can implement in their daily life 
to get the biggest result, I would say, is just break up everything in bite-sized tasks, right? Everyone has goals and objectives that they're trying to reach. And they're broken down usually in quarterly, yearly uh, goals. Very rarely are they monthly. Um, but they shouldn't just be monthly. They should be daily. So if you break down your tasks in little bite-sized daily goals, or, t- or if you break down your goals in daily tasks, right, you're much more likely to accomplish it, which means you're more likely to hit your goals. And another thing I'll give you a bonus is everyone should use a free software called Rescue Time. I don't own it or anything like that. I have no involvement in the company. It just monitors your efficiency, and it'll tell you where you're wasting time so you can cut it out. Like you could say you spend way too much time on Facebook. The reason I say this is too many people are so evolved on the computer and just being on it all the time, which I understand, especially for entrepreneurs, you know, you kind of have to be. But a lot of people then neglect family members, even if you're not married, your parents, your siblings, you know, your nephew, your niece, whatever it may be. And I think if you can cut back on some of the things that you shouldn't be wasting time on, you can then spend more time with your family and other things that are important in life. Yeah, I've heard great things about rescue time. I haven't actually used it myself, but yeah, if you need, uh, if you if you find yourself wasting time, it, it's a great way to just get analytics for your bad habits. And sometimes we forget or we we tell ourselves that we're not wasting time and we're being productive. But when you actually have a graph showing you how much time you spent that day on Facebook or on other you know sites where you're wasting time. It's a lot easier to, to be honest with yourself. So awesome recommendation. We talked about breaking long-term goals into bite-sized tasks, which I think is great advice. But what if someone is having a hard time actually settling on a long-term goal? What would be your advice for how to uh, hone in on that? Yeah, I, I would actually end up saying is if you're having a hard time finding a long-term goal, then you should think about it. Find some mentors, some people who are, have been in business help you find those goals because if you can't come up with good ones or realistic ones it doesn't matter what your daily tasks are going to be and I think you should get some help from seasoned entrepreneurs or just it could be anyone who could be a good sounding board that's logical and they can help you come up with some cool so have you had any mentors in your life that you could tell us about I've had mentors in my life one of them is Andy Liu great guy he's an entrepreneur from Seattle and he's taught me a lot about business concepts and principles over the years from like how to negotiate to um you know, just like structuring business deals, buyouts, selling, etc. And how did you meet Andy? I met him at a conference. I was speaking and he asked me for some advice. I asked him for some advice and it was a win-win situation, which we were helping each other out. Gotcha. So it sounds like that was kind of a, a mutual mentorship then? Maybe, but he's mentored me way more than I've mentored him. Fair enough. So what is the best advice you've ever gotten, whether that was from Andy or really anyone else in your life? So the best advice I ever got was ride on the coattails of rich people. And I don't mean that in a negative way. But if you notice that someone's really successful, let's say angel investing, I'm making this up, and you want to get into angel investing, then just follow every single deal that they do. Like really, like if you just do that, chance of you succeeding are much higher. Like learn from other people who are successful and others and try to mimic and copy them in whatever strategies and concepts you can. Right? And not in, of course, a creepy way. And do you think there's a balance between following someone too aggressively and and mirroring them too much and then kind of figuring out your own path? How do you find that balance between the two? I think it's up to you. Is how much do you trust the person and how much do you think they're right, right? And I'm not saying don't question. I'm just saying you should learn from them. And if you're not sure, ask them questions. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. 
So if someone listening wants to go out there and try to find a mentor starting today or tomorrow, what would you suggest they do? Or what would you do? Yeah, so for me, it would just be reaching out to them and trying to see like if you could give them any advice or help them out or just like give them any quick tips. So there's something you have that other people don't. You don't have to be an expert or anything, but everyone has problems, right? And you yourself probably know something that other people in this world don't know. So if you can build a conversation and build up a friendship first and try to help and keep giving before you ask, you're much more likely to get a mentor. Yeah, and I think just to build upon that, you know, if, if you're just treating someone like they're a person, which they are, um, they're going to be more likely to be receptive to you. And if you're treating them like a mentor that you're trying to get, you know, it's like chasing a girl or chasing a guy super aggressively. It's going to it's gonna scare them away. So, you know, just be a normal person and try to provide some value and you might find yourself with a, a mentor kind of developing. So we dug into to what motivates you and, and how your, your past and your history and your upbringing has contributed to that. But what would be your advice for people out there who, who don't have something that's driving them, who don't have that kind of built-in motivation? What can people do to start uh, developing that? So typically if someone has issues there, I usually don't try to give them advice because they need to figure out those things on their own. Entrepreneurship's really hard. It's like an emotional roller coaster. There's a lot of ups and downs. And if you can't get over simple issues like that, you're not going to succeed. That typically means you're probably not passionate about what you're trying to do. So is there anything that you can do to kind of nurture that personal growth? Or is it something that just kind of comes naturally and you can't really rush? I just think it takes time and, you know, over time you'll just like realize some of this stuff, right? I don't think you can force people being like, all right, Here's how I can realize stuff faster. It's just more so always trying to learn. You can also learn from other people's mistakes. Always try to network and meet more people. Just make sure whatever you're doing, you really love. Yeah, and I think especially making sure you're always learning new things and meeting new people. Uh, I think those two are super valuable because if you're not if you're not exposing yourself to new ideas and new people, it, where are you going to get the motivation from? There's there's no source to get inspired. And so if you're always doing those things, it's it's going to just build naturally. So, Neil, what is the one thing you want people to take away from our conversation today? Create a business that solves a problem that you're passionate about and your solution is easy enough to use. If you can do that, assuming your problem's, you know, a big enough problem it's reaching millions of people or thousands of big potential companies, right? Cuz companies have a lot of money as well you'll be fine. Don't create a business because you're just trying to become financially successful or any of that. You need to make sure your whatever you're doing meets those requirements, right? So that's kind of Neil Patel's 10-second guide to starting a successful business. I don't know if it's for a successful business, but it usually helps. Well, it'll at least point you in the right direction, I guess. That's correct. Business is hard either way, right? No matter what you do, there's a good chance you could end up failing. Yeah, that's a good point. Nothing is ever guaranteed. But, uh, you know, if you're listening today, I think Neil has put you a little further ahead than you were prior. Uh, So for that, thank you for sharing some wisdom, Neil. I appreciate it. And with that, where can people find out more about you, uh, read your writing, and and keep up with what you're doing? Yeah, they can just go to quicksprout.com. And uh, if they want to get in touch with me, just click on the contact link. Perfect. There you have it. Neil, uh, thank you so much for coming on today. I really appreciate it. This has been a lot of fun. 
and I wish you all the best in the future. No problem. Thanks for having me. I hope you enjoyed that episode with Neil Patel. He has done some amazing things and his companies have done really well. So it was awesome to be able to pick his brain for half an hour. Uh, So Neil, if you're listening, thank you once again for coming on. I really appreciate it. If you want to learn more about today's episode, about Neil, uh, or about some of the other guests we've had on, just head over to rethinkmotivation.com. And you can find all the other podcast episodes. You can read the Rethink Motivation blog. And you can sign up for the weekly motivational newsletter that I send out. And a lot of people have really liked that. So definitely worth giving that a look. And also, if you just want to reach out to me with feedback or if you have questions or suggestions for the show, uh, you can do that too. My email address is thatcher at rethinkmotivation.com. And also, if you like this episode, please take a minute to give the show a review. It really helps the show grow and and rise in the charts and get discovered, and it would mean a ton to me. So thank you so much for doing that. And other than that, thank you so much for listening, and I will talk to you next week. (music) Thank you.